Well, folks, welcome to one more edition of Politics and Random. Berto Willis, your host. Thank you so kindly for being a part of the show. We are going to have a great show for you today. How are you doing today, my friends? How are you doing? I trust all is well. I trust all is well. Uh, looks like we're having a bit of a queue-in problem here. Let me go ahead and add something to the queue real quick, and then we'll get started. Uh, anyhow, uh, you heard what Nancy Pelosi said? Nancy Pelosi is not pulling any punches. Nancy Pelosi wants El Señor Trump out of the office. She's, she's called. Here's the funny part. Well, it's not funny. She called up Donald, or rather, she ch- called up Mike Pence. They left her on hold for, I don't know, I think it was, uh, uh, I, I think they said it was several, they, they left her on hold for several minutes. Which is, I think, very, uh, what's the word that we should use? Which is not kind. Which is not something one does to the, to the Speaker of the House. Well, they left her on hold. And then Pence never came to the line. Pence never came to the line. Because he probably as assumed that they were calling him to say, Brother, it is time for the 25th Amendment. It is time for you to do your job. It is time for us to get the madman out of office. Because we know he's a madman. We know he's a madman. So uh, so anyhow, that is where it's pretty much. So uh, she, she, after they attempted to reach uh, Mike Pence and they couldn't reach him, uh, she got on the phone, I guess they were talking to uh, uh, Schumer, and said, okay, we'll go live on this stuff. And then they went live and they decided to tell the American people, that we cannot have Trump anymore. So what they want to do now is they want either the 25th Amendment used or their intent is to go ahead and impeach one or the other. Uh, this guy has incited violence and it is deserved. Anyhow, let's go ahead and get the program started. How do we start the program and what is the program about? Title of the program. Let me put it up on screen. So today... Biden slams president for capital insurrection. Insurrection. Greg Palace, Mitt Romney, Katie Turr, they all saw it coming. They all have something to say. Well, Palace has more to say, has stuff to say. This is what we're supposed to play yesterday. Palace has to say that, uh, that we're going to talk about what occurred in Georgia. Anyhow, Joe Biden call out, calls out Trump and the insurrection. Katie Turr calls out Republican Party. Mitt Romney urges the party to start doing what? Telling the truth. That's all he's asking. Hey, party, let's start telling the truth. But before I get started, you know, a couple of days ago, uh, we, we wanted to know exactly, or, or a few people were trying to decide, how did they win the Georgia election? How did those senators win the Georgia election? Well, all you guys know who David Pluff is, right? Well, I want to play this piece from, uh, that I did a couple of days ago from David Pluff. I think you'll find it intriguing. Check this out. By now, it is clear that both Senate candidates, Democratic Senate candidates in Georgia, they've won the race. They are now senators-elect of Georgia, two Democrats, which means the Senate is now completely in Democratic control, in Democratic hands. Now, it is interesting because... If one follows the progression of a state like Georgia, you may think that it came a tad bit early. 
given the constitution of the con the way the state is constituted right now, given the passions that we've had with President Trump losing, etc., you would think that there would be more passion in the Republican side to make sure that they show up and elect their guy, if you will. But, you know, it's interesting because, first of all, the fact that they did so poorly under these circumstances, I think was best illustrated by David Plouffe, former uh, Obama uh, advisor who he helped Obama win the election twice. Let's listen to what he had to say and then we'll uh, take it on the other side. We know that Ossoff trailed Joe Biden by about 100,000 votes in November. Some of that was folks didn't vote all the way down the ballot, but he also trailed Biden in some of those suburban areas outside of Atlanta. Uh, and he's meeting the Biden number or increasing it. And I think what you're seeing is epic political malpractice by Donald Trump. He may cost his party the United States Senate. He and the Confederacy of Dunces surrounding him, uh, you know, challenging whether votes are, are legitimate or not. You know, voters rightly may say, well, if it's all rigged, what does it matter? Number one. Number two, a compelling message might have been, I lost the presidency. Uh, the Democrats control the House. Let's not give the Democrats a trifecta. But Trump won't even admit he's lost. Neither will many of his party. So I think he's hurt himself on turnout. I think you have seen meaningful. They may not seem meaningful. But when counties are moving three or four or five points over just a 60-day period from where they were in November, that's significant. I must admit. I had never heard the phrase, the confederacy of dunces before. He must have prepared that before he did the interview. Anyway, it is true that Donald Trump not may have cost them the Senate. He cost them the Senate. He cost them the House of Representatives from the time he came into office. And now he's cost them the presidency. We know Donald Trump is a total failure for his uh, party. Just as Michael Steele has said, he has sealed the tomb of the Republican Party. But that said, that said, Georgia is not now a red state. Georgia is a purple state in transition to a blue state as soon as the governorship is taken over by likely Tracy Abrams, uh, Stacey Abrams in uh, the next few years. Look, when if if the Democrats get into power along with the progressives in this next two years. And they effect change for Americans that they can actually see. In other words, not change for the corporations, not allowing stockholders to have more dividends and, and have more appreciation of their stocks, but that meat and potatoes get to flow into the hands of people, that people start to see that their savings are increasing, that they're building up more wealth. In other words, that they're not being pilfered by those who believe in unfettered capitalism, that they are there, that we have an economy that works for everybody. That can be done in two years. The first part of that, get the stimulus into the hands of the people who are going to immediately spend it. That is going to make the economy go up rebuild those small businesses that lost in this pandemic whose market share was taken away from the big corporations. 
put them back into business. Give them that, not a helping hand, give them the required hand of help that was stolen from them by the corporate greed. As Fertitta said here in Houston, a big corporate billionaire magnet, he said, you know what? If you have capital, the pandemic is good for you. If you have capital, when those others frail, I'm paraphrasing of course, when those other companies frail, we are there to buy it all up on the cheap So in pandemics and in times of stress, if you have money, I'm sorry, we win. I read that in the Houston Chronicle. I am paraphrasing, of course, but I read that in the Houston Chronicle. And I said, can people see what's really wrong with our economy? Folks, we have to use and make maximal use of having elected Warnock and Asaf, progressive Activists, this is your time. Progressive activists, it is time to activate not just progressives. It's time to activate America. It is definitely time to activate America. Let me go ahead and answer some questions that I see in the feed. Eric Hayes uh, loves to think that the economy, because of what uh, Eric Hayes, I'm a good friend of mine here on, on, on our chat right now, He's been programmed to believe, based on listening to the right-wing machine, that if in order to get spending, uh, in order for us to be able to have an equitable society, that we have to tax everybody. Tax, 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 tax. That's not what it's all about, and that also isn't economics, brother Eric Hayes. I, I'm not going to answer you fully right now because I want to kind of tacitly talk to other folks, but let me just tell you. Ask specifically how an economic system works. And you can also, if you, were, if, if you want to get my book, as I see it, Class Warfare, The Only Resort to Right-Wing Doom. I'm not, this one I'm not pushing on you because, oh, I'm trying to, so I'm saying I understand how it works. If we put monies into the hands of people who have the least, more money gets spent. And because the uh, wealth is built by the circulation of, 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 of money, in other words, if I can circulate money fast in a system, I can have everybody doing well at the same time that we build wealth for everybody. It's a math thing. What we have right now is not a math thing. We have a system that collapses in itself, but it creates a caste system, which many prefer a caste system because you have you can get more. The, the, the few on the top gets more in a caste system than an equitable system where everybody has their own. Everybody or everybody is able to say, I can do what I really want to do myself. That's the magic of it. Okay, let's see what else. Mark Smith, good evening from London. Mark Smith, welcome aboard, my brother. Uh, so without a massive move... Oh, by the way, Michael Rudnan, as far as the 60 vote rule, which is uh, requiring cloture, also known as filibuster... Well, the filibuster uh, can be... Pre- what we need to do as... What Democrats need to do is kill the filibuster altogether. Make it majority only. The reason why Democrats should get rid of the filibuster in the Senate are si- is simple. The Senate is an undemocratic institution that Wyoming has two senators and that California has two senators. It means that several million people have the same power as 300 or 400,000 people. That means if these guys have some conservative things that they believe in, whether it works or not, they have more power than the people in California or the people in New York or the people in Texas or whatever because they have the same two senators. That is undemocratic. 
And what does that do being undemocratic? It also means that things that are good for, let's say, California, a lot of people in California never gets passed because since in the Senate already you need cloture, which means you need 60 votes, you can't get anything done. We need to get rid of the filibuster completely. Big states should all be saying no more filibuster because it hurts the majority of Americans. Most Americans are hurt by the filibuster in, and a small number of people support the filibuster because, again, two senators per state. It's pretty simple. Anyhow, let's see if I have uh, Roberto Luis says, telling the truth should be said when he was first impeached but didn't go through. That absolutely true. That is absolutely true. Uh, Norman says the Confederacy of Dunces is novel. Yes, I think it. I, when I heard that, I, I couldn't help but crack, you know, crack up when I heard that. Um, let's see what else here. Michael Rudnan says, there, take 15 minutes to watch police opening the barriers and letting rioters into the Capitol building. I'll take a look at that, but I think I saw it in some other places as well, Mr. Rudnan. Uh, let's see what else I have here, if anybody else... Uh, let's see. Do you think this will cause one party now? Do you think this will cause one party now? We are going to have one party rule for a while. But let me just forewarn you of something, Eric. When the Republicans controlled the Senate, we effectively had one party rule. Because the only thing that ever got passed was what Republicans wanted based on having to have not only that they had the majority. But, again, they locked everything up. That's why we need to get rid of the filibuster. We'll talk about that later. I want to let you hear what Mitt Romney had to say yesterday. No, no, there are checks. There are checks. But we'll talk about that later. Here's what um, uh, Mitt Romney had to say. Fairly or not, they'll be remembered for their role in this shameful episode in American history. That will be their legacy. I salute Senator Langford and Leffler and Braun and Danes, and I'm sure others, who in the light of today's outrage have withdrawn their objection. For any who remain insistent on an audit in order to satisfy the many people who believe that the election was stolen, I'd offer this perspective. No congressional audit is ever going to convince these voters, particularly when the president will continue to say that the election was stolen. The best way we can show respect for the voters who are upset is by telling them the truth. That's the burden. That's the duty of leadership. The truth is that President-elect Biden won the election. President Trump lost. I've had that experience myself. It's no fun. <laughs> Scores of courts, the president's own attorney general, state election officials, both Republican and Democrat, have reached that unequivocal decision. And in light of today's sad circumstances, I ask my colleague, do we weigh our own political fortunes more heavily than we weigh the strength of our republic, the strength of our democracy, and the cause of freedom? What's the weight of personal acclaim compared to the weight of conscience? Leader McConnell said that the vote today is the most important in his 36 years of public service. Think of that. Authorizing two wars, voting on two impeachments. He said that not because the vote reveals something about the election. It's because this vote reveals something about us. I urge my colleagues to move forward with completing the electoral count. 
to refrain from further objections and to unanimously affirm the legitimacy of the presidential election. Thank you, Mr. President. We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above. Oops. Oops. I thought it was shorter. I mean, I thought it was longer than it actually was. Anyhow, let me tell you, folks. Uh, so that is what Mitt Romney had to say. In other words, Mitt Romney is saying, tell Americans the truth. You lost the election. You simply lost the election. Stop lying. That's all he's asking for. Now, Katie Turr, check this out. This is very important. Chuck Todd asked Katie Turr a very specific question with regards to, is this something that should have been expected from Donald Trump? How could this happen? Is the only person that's going to hold Donald Trump accountable or the only institution that's going to hold Donald Trump accountable, Facebook, who has banned him until, I think, till he's out of office? Well, her answer was perfect because what she did is she enumerated all the evil that this guy has done. But not only that, she has enumerated that he was allowed to do it, that his party, the Republican Party, were complicit in everything that he did. Check this out. I mean, I have yet to hear anybody line it up like this the way she just did it. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Katie Turr, I mean, can you imagine that the only accountability in the next 13 days is from Facebook? Uh, no. I mean, yes, I can. <laughs> that is the state that we are currently in. But I think the accountability stretches par far past Donald Trump and should stretch into his voters and also the Republican Party. Listen, this wasn't two days building. This wasn't two weeks building or two months building. This has been building for years, going back to his campaign starting in 2015. He has repeatedly claimed that everything is against him. He talked about how this election would be rigged if he didn't win before the election happened. He talked about how the virus was a hoax meant to damage him. He talked about how impeachment was a hoax. The Russia investigation was a hoax. Back in 2016, before that election, he said that it would be rigged if he lost. His voters back then were ready to do whatever it took. Back then, we did stories on this. We talked to those voters. There were concerns about that election. He told supporters to punch protesters at his rallies, incited violence. He threatened the media, sicked his supporters against the media, gold star families, federal judges, anybody who he believed was standing in his way. This has been building, Chuck and Andrea, for years. And yes, these resignations that we're seeing today, great, better late than never. But at the same time, have you been? You have seen this coming. You knew who this man was. You didn't wake up today and suddenly realize that he was dangerous. This has been a part of who he has been since the very start. And remember, these Republican lawmakers, many of his own staffers, yeah. were against him in the beginning. They called him a demagogue. They said he was dangerous right. in 2015 and 2016. After the Access Hollywood tape, they said they could never right. support him. And yet they did, and they went along, they ignored tweets, oh, I didn't see it. They ignored statements, they, they, they equivocated, they said we were blowing it up, and this is what resulted. 
and this is what resulted. In other words, you keep allowing him to get a, get do a little bit more, do a little bit more, get a little bit more evil, get a little bit more violent, get a little get away with all these things. And eventually, you think you can get away with anything, so you send several thousand people over the to the capital to create a huge insurrection. And you start to tear things apart. What is interesting, and I heard this earlier on, you know, it's that these people applied a whole lot of damage to a federal building. Now, these are his people. Remember, he said, anybody who desecrates a federal building or federal monument or federal anything should spend at least 10 years in jail. Is he ready for those sycophants, for those enablers of his? to go and spend 10 years in jail for breaking the glass, for, all, for breaking down the doors to get into the Senate, for doing all these things, for this insurrection. Are you ready to have your people pay the price? This guy is a clear and present danger for the entire country, and to think he has the nuclear codes, the only expectation, what we must continue to hope for, is that those people he may give commands to, will simply ignore them. Else, we are in for a hell of a next several days before he's kicked completely out of office. This guy was led on by his party. This guy was led on by the media. And because they treated him with a particular degree of privilege, somebody who does not know how to use the privilege they have been, they have been given, they have been endeared with. At some point in time, they use it in a manner like he did this week. Shame on Donald Trump, but more than that, shame on the Republican Party, shame on the mainstream media, and shame on all of those who turns, turn their backs when he's doing what he does. Absolutely. So now it, it's interesting, right? Because, you know, when I, when I watched that yesterday, the, the funny thing about it is all the calls that I was getting from just about everybody. Can you believe what it would have been if that was a Black Lives Matter rally? We saw people punching officers. We saw people pushing officers. We had officers taking selfies with these people, with these terrorists. We had officers letting them into the building with these terrorists. We had officers that when they, the, the, the particular officers that said, we are going to keep law and order, they were beaten by the people. And not, not once did these officers ever thought about drawing a gun on any of these people. So the calls that I kept getting is, suppose that was Black Lives Matter. What would they have been doing with people of color and their white allies at a Black Lives Matter event. We know what would have happened. You know why we know what would have happened? We've seen it. We have seen it in, we have seen it in Houston. We've seen it in New York. We've seen it in D.C. We've seen it in Portland. We've seen it in Kenosha. We've seen it everywhere. So remember that, folks. We're all watching. Anyhow, we are the, 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 near the middle of the program, so I want to ask you guys, those of you that are on, on YouTube Live, please consider clicking that Join button and becoming a member of our team, what Bridge MCP calls the 
PDR Posse. Please join our PDR Posse by clicking on that join button. Or if you feel uh, like as well, you can just go ahead and click the dollar sign on that on your page, on the, fa- on the YouTube page, and say, I'm going to give you a super chat. You can always give us a super chat on YouTube. Now, uh, those of you that are not on YouTube right now, those of you that are watching on Twitch or on Facebook Live or on Periscope, here is the YouTube link that you can join our YouTube posse. And then from then on, watch us on YouTube and we'll have little, you, you can actually see all the stuff like this that we have on YouTube as well. You know what I'm wearing right now. All that good stuff is on YouTube. You can see as well. Alternatively, please support us at Patreon. That's politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Patreon is spelled P-A-T-R-E-O-N, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Or you can support us at, again, that is politicsdoneright.com slash Patreon. Or you can support us at politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal, politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Please find a way to help us keep this message going. Help us give the alternate message. One of the reasons we do what we do is to make sure with the blogs that we write, with the books that we write, with all these things things that we do, we populate the space with the progressive message uh, so that when people do their scanning as well, they don't just get the right-wing message that is very well supported, it's very well paid for. So when you support groups like Politics Done Right, when you support the TYTs, when you support all these alternative media types, you, get, you provide us the opportunity to be able to put our message all over the place. Now, I wrote the book, It's Worth It, How to Talk to Your Right-Wing Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. You can go ahead and get that book at Amazon. At Amazon, here is the Amazon link. Uh, I just entered it for all for all of you in this thing. It's actually, but it, you can also get it at our store at politicsdoneright.com/store. That way, you get rid of the middleman. Politicsdoneright.com, politicsdoneright.com/store, and you can also there get my other book. As I see it, class warfare: the only resort to right wing doom. Look. We do need your support, so in whatever form you can, remember, we don't do this for pay. We do this with the expectation that people understand the reason we have to be politically engaged, and those of us that are willing to do it in this form, that as opposed to saying, hey, uh, we, we ask you for your support. So that's, that's what we do. Anyhow, um, the, next, the next video is from today. Uh, Joe Biden really castigated quite well Donald Trump. Check this out and then we'll take it on the other side. Yesterday, in my view, one of the darkest days in the history of our nation. An unprecedented assault on our democracy. An assault literally on the citadel of liberty in the United States Capitol itself. An assault on the rule of law an assault on the most sacred of American undertakings, ratifying the will of the people in choosing the leadership of their government. All of us here grieve the loss of life, grieve the desecration of the people's house. But we, what we witnessed yesterday was not dissent, it was not disorder, it was not protest. It was chaos. They weren't protesters. 
Don't dare call them protesters. They were a riotous mob, insurrectionists, domestic terrorists. It's that basic, it's that simple. And I wish we could say we couldn't see it coming. But that isn't true. We could see it coming. The past four years, we've had a president who's made his contempt for our democracy, our Constitution, the rule of law, clear in everything he has done. He unleashed an all-out assault on our institutions of our democracy from the outset. And yesterday was but the culmination of that unrelenting attack. He's attacked the free press, who dared to question his power, repeatedly calling the free press the enemy of the people. Language, at the time he first used it, I and others said, has long been used by autocrats and dictators all over the world to hold on to power, the enemy of the people. Language that is being used now by autocrats and dictators across the world, only this time with the imperator of an outgoing president of the United States of America. He's attacked our intelligence services who dared tell the American people the truth about the effort of a foreign power to elect him four years ago, choosing instead to believe the word of Vladimir Putin over the word of those who've sworn their allegiance to this nation, many of whom had risked their lives in the service of this nation. He deployed the United States military tear-gassing peaceful protesters in pursuit of a photo opportunity in the service of his re-election, even holding the Bible upside down. The action that led to an apology from the chairman of the Joint Chiefs of Staff and an outspoken denunciation of the use of military for domestic political purposes from scores, scores of former military leaders and secretaries of defense, led by Secretary Cheney. He thought he could stack the courts with friendly judges who would support him no matter what. They were Trump judges, his judges. He went so far as to say he needed nine justices on the Supreme Court because, because he thought the election would end up in the Supreme Court and they would hand him the election. He was stunned truly stunned when the judges he appointed didn't do his bidding instead acted with integrity following the constitution upholding the rule of law not just once or twice or three times but over 60 times let me say over 60 times in more than 60 cases in state after state after state and then at the Supreme Court's judges, including people considered, quote, his judges, Trump judges, use his words, looked at the allegations that Trump was making and determined they were without any merit. Nothing was judged to put this election in question or doubt by any of these judges. You want to understand the importance of democratic institutions in this country? Take a look at the judiciary in this nation. Take a look at the pressure it was just subjected to. 
by a sitting president of the United States of America. At every level, the judiciary rose to the moment during this election, did its job, acted with complete fairness and impartiality, with complete honor and integrity. When history looks back in this moment that just, we've just passed through, I believe it will say our democracy survived in no small part because of the men and women who represent an independent judiciary in this nation. We owe them a deep, deep debt of gratitude. And then there's the attack on the Department of Justice. Treating the attorney general as his personal lawyer and the department as his personal law firm. Through it all, we would hear the same thing from this president. My generals, my judges, my attorney general. And then yesterday, a culmination of attack on our institutions of democracy. This time, the Congress itself inciting a mob to attack the Capitol, to threaten elected representatives of the people of this nation and even the vice president to stop the Congress from ratifying the will of the American people in a just completed free and fair election. Trying to use a mob to silence the voices of nearly 160 million Americans who summoned the courage in the face of a pandemic that threatened their health and their lives to cast that sacred ballot. I made it clear from the moment I entered this race that what I believe was at stake. I said there was nothing less at stake than who we are as a nation, what we stand for, what we believe, what we will be. At the center of that belief is one of the oldest principles of this nation has long held. We are a government of laws, not of men, not of the people, of laws. I said it many times in the campaign. Our democratic institutions are not relics of another age. They're what sets this nation apart. They're the guardrails of our democracy. And there is no president. There's, that's why there is no president who is a king. No Congress that's a House of Lords. A judiciary doesn't serve the will of the president or exist to protect him or her. We have three co-equal branches of government. Co-equal. Our president is not above the law. Justice serves the people. It doesn't protect the powerful. Justice is blind. What we saw yesterday in plain view was another violation of the fundamental tenet of this nation. Not only did we see the failure to protect one of the three branches of our government, we also saw a clear failure to carry out equal justice. I don't know if you used to say in the Senate, excuse a point of personal privilege. A little over an hour and a half after the chaos started, I got a text from my granddaughter, Finnegan Biden, who's a senior in her last semester at the University of Pennsylvania. She sent me a photo of military people in full military gear. 
scores of them lining the steps of the Lincoln Memorial because of protests by Black Lives Matter. She said, Pop, this isn't fair. No one can tell me that if had been a group of Black Lives Matter protesting yesterday, there wouldn't have been, they wouldn't have been treated very, very differently than the mob of thugs that stormed the Capitol. We all, we all know that's true. And it is unacceptable, totally unacceptable. The American people saw it in plain view. And I hope it sensitized them to what we have to do. Isn't it great having a president who understands the intricacies of the social fabric of a country? Is that real? Is that great or what? Folks, if you're just joining us, please remember to share this program, whether you're on YouTube, whether you are on Instagram, whether you are on, on Facebook Live, whether you are anywhere, please remember to go ahead and share the program. Those of you that are on Facebook or those of you that are on YouTube, please consider supporting our program by clicking that join button. Please consider supporting our program by clicking the join button or giving us a super chat or whatever. Those of you that are not on YouTube but are in another channel, here is the link, politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube. Politicsdoneright.com slash YouTube is how you can actually become a part of our system. Anyhow, as you know, uh, it, it, the, the, the Georgia Senate races, Democrats swept it. How did they do it? How did Democrats sweep the race? Well, you know, there, uh, we know that Stacey Abrams did her work, but Stacey Abrams had help. And this good friend of mine was one of those guys who actually helped Stacey Abrams with all the lawsuits and the invis- investigative journalism. He's been on with us four, five, six times. Uh, he's here to give us an update as to what occur on Election Day. So let's go ahead and give Greg Palast a hand. Welcome aboard, Greg. Welcome to one more edition of Politics Done Right. We are celebrating what is turning out to be a big win in Georgia with John Ossoff and uh, Raphael um, uh, Warnock. Uh, you know, it's great because Greg Palace was one of the folks that helped out Stacey Abrams and all the others out there from an investigative point of view. Talk to me, Greg Palace. How, how did it go? I understand you were out there in Georgia as well. I'm in Atlanta as we speak, and uh, and I'm not leaving because this ain't over. First of all, it's um, officially it's only going to come down to a few thousand votes in the Ossoff race, and some, you know, maybe fifty, sixty thousand votes in the Warnock race. That uh, that triggers an automatic quote recount, and that's mischief time. Uh, the Republican Secretary of State is no hero. This guy is a Jim Crow scumbag. I'm being polite, you know, because it's, it's a family show. <laughs> um, but scumbag, uh, whose name is Raffensperger, not Berger, as people mispronounce, it really is Raffensperger, uh, removed 198,000 people from the voter rolls illegally, uh, a, a massive Jim Crow attack. Um, we all, you know, so understand, I've been working in Georgia for seven years. I'm the first person to ever put Stacey Abrams on national television. The first person to ever put Raphael Warnock on national television. In fact, I'm going to put part of that original interview with him at the Ebenezer Baptist Church uh, up on uh, gregpalast.com soon. I'll send it to you. You can post it too, Egberto. And um, 
Excellent. So it's been, uh, it's, you know, look, this Jim Crow is still running wild. And um, Brian Kemp, uh, yeah, he's on, uh, uh, he and, and his Secretary of State are on the fecal roster of Donald Trump. But they did that for a good reason. They try to save the Senate race. They couldn't save the Senate race and save Donald Trump. They had a choice. And they made a choice to try to, you understand how, you're talking like almost 5 million votes, 4, 5 million votes. Um, and the difference is a tenth of 1% officially. Now understand what the U.S. brain dead press does not report is the tens of thousands of ballots which have been cast and rejected. Mail-in ballots um, still being counted, rejected. Uh, I was at a polling station um, in uh, where three African-American voters try to put their um, ballots in a drop box. And I saw that two of the three had not put their return address on the outside envelope. But if you, it's, it's, it's right at the polling station. It's not the post office. They would have lost their ballot. I, I caught them. So I saved a couple votes. Uh, but also uh, understand we've been working on this for years. We filed a federal lawsuit, got tremendous publicity. Um, I was working at Black Voters Matter to get these people back on the rolls. I gave Black Voters Matter a list that we had created uh, of 98,000 voters illegally removed that they, they sent postcards to saying, you've been removed from the voter rolls re-register. Um, we had um, over 40,000 phone calls made by um, uh, the Hispanic organization, um, Southwest Voter Registration Education Project, SV Rep. 40,000 phone calls made to uh, Hispanic voters um, saying, you've been removed from the voter rolls, you better fix your registration right now. We had a billboard with Rosario Dawson, 20 feet high by four, uh, 60 feet across or 80 feet across, it's huge electronic billboard over Atlanta saying, you may have been purged, check at gregpalace.com. And uh, Rosario Dawson promoting this. We did PSAs in English and Spanish. Um, we, uh, so that's one of the things is that they say, oh, the Hispanic voter turnout is up. No, 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 no. Hispanics always turn up. They just don't get their votes counted. They don't right. go away or they don't get their cards to vote, et cetera. And black voters turn up. And they say, oh, massive black turnout. No, 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 because they try to suppress it, but they couldn't. I was in Cobb County, uh, which is part of Atlanta, half a million voters. They only had in the general election 11 early voting stations for half a million voters. But Biden still won in what was Newt Gingrich's district. Imagine yeah. that. Yeah. yeah. And Biden won. So they panicked. They closed six of the 11 polling stations, every one of them in black neighborhoods. Again, you can see all this stuff at gregpalace.com. And um, so they tried every trick and they may not be done. The recount on Ossoff is a very dangerous matter. I'm gonna tell you something else that's dangerous. The Ossoff seat or the, the, the uh, you know, uh, well- Warnock, the is, Warnock is out for two years. Yeah, two years. The, the Warnock seat is two years only. And, you know, the Democrats say, oh, okay, we're in charge. No, no, you're not in charge, my friends. You've got one slim vote. When, you know, if Kamala Harris gets a cold, the Republicans run the nation and not, you know, and I have, you know what, if the voters went for the Republicans, okay, that's democracy. I live with democracy. I don't have a problem. The problem is it's Jim Crow that would win. Um, the Republicans, let's not forget, picked up eight congressional seats. The Democrats lost ground in the general election in Congress and they're barely hanging on the Senate. In two years, you have a midterm election. The president's party usually loses. So the Democrats, you know, okay, 
Uh, put away the party hats, guys. You've got two years of a very narrow control to do something for real. Because in two years, you're, you're half an inch away from losing control of both houses of Congress. Greg, I wrote about that this morning where, where I said that uh, you got really two years to prove yourself. And, if, and there are things that I also said. I said, if, if Democrats know what's good for them, they will get rid of the filibuster immediately so that they can actually get stuff done. Because if they don't, they're going to be held back and people are going to say nothing changed. Give us a chance again. I'm very worried about, you know, um, the Democrats, everyone says, oh, now they'll pass what was called H.R. 1, which is now called the John Lewis Voting Rights Act. Right. Uh, to uh, stop some of this, these Jim Crow tactics. It's not a, I'm going to tell you right now, it's not a very good law um, that it's weak and has its own problems. Uh, in fact, someone snuck in um, what may actually be a new system of removing uh, black voters using this ugly system called ERIC. Uh, to, so again, somebody wanted to make some money for their friends who have some yeah, sort yeah, of software. There's all, look, there's all this crap. People don't understand what goes into that. And yes, it passed the House, but they knew it was not going to go anywhere in the Senate. Watch the Democrats. So, you know, you got to be very careful that they're going to water it all down. Now that they've got control, they're going to take that bill and they're going to water it down because remember there's a lot of democrats who don't want black hispanic and young voters to vote because they won't survive primaries it's about the incumbents are not going to vote themselves out of office. exactly and, and that and, that is one interest i mean i think a lot of people don't understand it. when i talk about the different factions within the democratic party and how sometimes the democratic party itself doesn't want all that progressive support they really want to stay right there in the center I mean, almost center right of you, if you know what I'm talking about, Greg. Well, I mean, they want to stay. It's not where they want to stay on the political perspective. They just want to stay very close to the wallets of the super rich. Right. <laughs> I mean, remember that there was a half a billion dollars, half a billion dollars spent on this campaign by both sides, more by the Democrats. So the Democrats think that the solution to everything is more is raising more money. And that means they, uh, you know, when they're sucking up to the rich, they're going to water down what they do but you know what it's interesting between what you guys did with stacy abrams and all of that you all yeah. had money but i mean you guys weren't the ones cracking up all the big dollars it's all those right. consultants and all of that that really do yeah, nothing they, you know, look i gotta tell you the, the democrat Ossoff's 200th 200th commercial didn't mean anything right it made a difference okay so we filed a federal court action like i say calling 40,000 voters this was not the democratic party right and last night i heard you know one of the voter groups we have all these votes that have been rejected, provisional ballots, tens of thousands. We may need those to make sure that the victory of the voters in Ossoff race actually um, gets certified. Let, let, me, let me stop you a second right there, Greg, because uh, Gilbride, Gilbride um, Sterling came on, Gabriel Sterling came on TV today, and he said, the way the numbers are going, he believes that Ossoff is going to be, that Warnock is outside of the 5%, the 0.5% uh, recount, and he believes Ossoff is going to get there as well. Is there something else on the ground that you're hearing that I'm not? No, well, um, I think Warnock may pass it. They can't steal all the votes all the time. That guy, Gabriel Sterling, yes, yes he had to face death threats, and I'll, I'm sorry about that. But he's also been a big part of the purge operation. If you were right. watching CNN a couple of days ago, he was uh, he held a press conference, 
And the minute he saw me that I was the next reporter to ask a question, he literally ran. The cameras all covered this. He I saw when he to... I saw when he took off from this. You who were you were about yeah, to ask a question. They didn't identify me. I'm the guy who said, wait a minute, the federal court has said you gotta sit down with us, buddy, and go over the list of people you That's when he ran. I saw that. <laughs> yes, that was me. Now, of course, they're not gonna and the rest of the press ain't ever gonna give me credit for doing anything because they're all wussies. They're never gonna ask the tough questions. But you know, but interesting so enough, crazy. I I really got upset today with uh, with uh, what's the, the, the who's going to be the new majority leader of the Senate? Um, 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 Jumer. Yeah, he he didn't want to give you guys credit. He didn't want to give Stacey Abrams full credit. He didn't want to give all the people that's been working. He gave up people like the DSCC, you know, the senatorial yeah. committee and all that kind of stuff. Well, that where did absolutely are they nothing. Where are they today? I got to tell you something. All these people were a lot of people were shunted to provisional ballots. I'm in federal court, me, with Latasha Brown, with Reverend Jesse Jackson, Latasha Brown of Black Voters Matter, with Barbara Arnwine, Transformative Justice Coalition, with Voto Latino and uh, uh, Rosario Dawson. We're in federal court to say, count the, the people that were shunted to provisional ballots because they were wrongly purged, count those ballots. The Democratic Party is not with us. The Republican Party is against us. The Republican Party is in court but not the Democratic Party. And last night I heard one of the organizers, when you, in Georgia, if you have a provisional ballot because you know, someone challenged your signature, mm -hmm. you, you forgot that return address, uh, what happens is that you can cure, they call it curing the ballot. Right. You get the ballot counted um, by fixing it. And I just right. come in and put the return address on. Uh, say, yes, that is my signature. That's being done by grassroots, nonpartisan groups, the Democratic Party is missing in action. If it were up to the Democratic Party um, right now, um, Leffler would be a senator. But no question. Greg, we know that because uh, Schumer pulled out of Georgia. He yes. completely said, to, he went to the, do the big donors and told them, you know, threw his hands up. Yes. They, they, you know what? They gave up on Georgia, but I didn't because I knew that the Georgia, and this again about, I'm not, I'm not partisan. I, I, I don't care who gets elected. Look, I know Warnock. I know Ossoff. The two of us, by the way, both because we work together at uh, BBC television in London. And it's not, you know, <laughs> you know, I, they're, they're great progressives. They're brilliant men. Uh, probably you're going to have, uh, these are probably two of the most intelligent progressive senators we'll have. And they're from Georgia. Imagine you know? that, and eh? So, um, I got to tell you uh, that that's, while that's heartening in terms of policy, I wasn't here to, to elect uh, Ossoff or Warnock. The Democratic, don't, uh, don't decide that the Democratic Party is going to save your vote. You save your vote. So that's been my message. I'm going to have to leave you with that because I'm continuing the work today and in federal court and in investigation and we're not done. I'm, one of the things I'm doing right, in fact, uh, tomorrow I'm, I'm heading off to the nuclear plant that's in construction here. It's one of the things that defeated Stacey Abrams because she said, stop building this hunk of hot junk. And not because she's an anti-nuclear uh, person. That, that's not, not a question of whether it's safe. Because it was a boondoggle. It was a crazy boondoggle that was going to cost each Georgia family thousands. Poor people were going to be paying for this white elephant that was enriching people like Kelly Leffler, exactly. who was on the board of directors of Georgia Power. And so it's all the money. Exactly. It's money. 
So we're going to follow the money because this race ain't over. When I say it's not over, even if they can't steal enough votes to keep it away from Ossoff. In two years, there's a new election. Um, Warnock is going to be out. run again. Right. And uh, we expect Stacey Abrams to be running for governor. They're going to do everything in the world to steal that one. Plus, don't forget, it's not just this state where these Jim Crow tactics are being used. It's all over. It's all over. So this story ain't over. And I'm by the way, jo- and as you know, because you went ahead and did some stuff in Chicago, I imagine if I remember correctly, yes. it's not just in the South either. It's all it's not over. in the South. In fact, uh, you know, we did our investigation here for the ACLU. Right. In Wisconsin, I was working for Black Voters Matter. The only reason Joe Biden's president, he won Wisconsin by just 20,000 votes. And I got to tell you, it's because when with Black Voters Matter um, and the Palace Investigative Fund, we also identified uh, 100,000 people wrongly purged from the voter rolls and and. The Wisconsin Bipartisan Board of Elections, because it wasn't Republican controlled, said we're not going to purge these voters. If those voters had been purged, and again, it wasn't the Democratic Party that challenged it's the, the purge. Grassroots actives. Hey, I asked you for 10 minutes because I know you had a lot of stuff to yeah, go out there and do. I'm not going to make you late for your next appointment again. So, Greg Palace, uh, please, folks, go to Greg. Uh, palace.com keep up to date with all this voter suppression stuff around the country it doesn't only affect black people now it affects it's a class thing as well and by the way go follow greg on twitter greg underscore palace greg underscore palace greg it's been my pleasure to have you on politics done right you keep on doing the great work stay on the ground and keep me posted brother you got it great work thanks a lot egberto Well, I hope you enjoyed that. Hey, I didn't know it was Bridge MCP's birthday, but since I saw it through the grapevine and since I was able to have a few minutes while I played the George tape, I I want us all to wish Bridge MCP a happy, happy birthday. So here we go. Happy birthday, Bridge. Bridge is what she's the one who came up with the bridge with the with the PDR MCP. So I figured let's do something great for our great listeners or great watchers, all that good stuff. Anyhow, Bridge, thank you for all that you do for uh, politics done right. I hope you enjoyed that little ode to Bridge. What I call the ode to Bridge. Happy birthday, dear Bridge. Anyhow, folks. Um, We are coming near the end of the program, and you know what I like to do. I like to salute all of my people. Linda E., welcome aboard. Bridge MCP, welcome aboard. Nanette, Nanette Bird, welcome aboard. Let me get her whole name. Let me get her whole name. Nanette Bird-Smith, welcome aboard. And, of course, our resident historian, Michael Rudnan, welcome aboard. And our resident engineer, athlete, and all that good stuff all put together, Norman Reynolds, AVQ. Welcome aboard. Eric Hayes, my good, good friend, conservative. We're going to kind of meet somewhere in the middle left. Right, Eric? You know I'm talking to you, Eric. I'm talking to you. Tank 28, welcome aboard. Uh, Let's see who else is here before I forget. Uh, Paravet Bobby Jean, welcome aboard. 
Uh, I got Linda E. Ron Globe, welcome aboard. Let's talk about Roberto Luis, el hermano favorito, mi hermano de Panama. We grew up together for all of you newcomers here, Robert Luis. We played music together. It's not no Robert Lewis, it's Roberto Lewis. We played music together. Salsa, merengue, soul, rock, reggae. We did all of that together back in the old days. Uh, I played the guitar. He played the drum. The drum set. Deborah John, welcome aboard. Uh, para ver, uh, who else is here? Did I miss? Who did I miss? I've got Deborah John. I think I got you. I'm going up the road, I'm going up the road, I'm going up the road. So bear with me, folks, as I search. You know, the eyes are not as young as it used to be. Mark Smith, I think you are from London. Welcome aboard. Ron Globe, welcome aboard. Great seeing all my great peeps in here. I think I got Rudnan already on AVQ. Uh, coming on up, coming on up, coming on up. And look, guys, if I haven't saluted you, please... Put your name down in the bottom. Add, just add a message so I can see it. You have to be on either the Politics Done Right site or uh, YouTube or Instagram or uh, what's the other one? Uh, 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 Periscope or Twitch. I'm scanning. I'm scanning. If I miss you, just send me a Craig Washington. Welcome aboard. Uh, let's see who I'm a cat. Carter. Welcome aboard. Man, I got a lot of people. Love you all, man. Love you all. Thanks for being here. I know on the internet you can be anywhere. Was Faker? Was Faker? Nah, I don't think you was a Faker. Okay, let's see. Who else is here? Para ver. Lee Grant, another one of my great conservatives. Welcome aboard, Lee. Thanks for being here. Daniel Lado, another good conservative out here with us. Uh, let's see. Who else do I have here? Okay, let me go to the bottom. Uh... I have a lot of conservatives that listen and watch. I get emails from them all the time. Some of them are very nice to me. Some of them are not so nice to me. Like, Daniel Ledo enjoys terrorizing me. But, Daniel, you know, I still love you, brother. Okay, I think I got everybody. Ah, Bruce Pollard. Welcome aboard, my brother. Hey, Bruce, I saw that you, uh, you, you helped us out at KPFT 90.1 FM Houston. Thank you so kindly. If you listen to Tuesday's show on air on the KPFT I saluted you on KPFT. Uh, I got all the messaging of all the people who gave to KPFT. So I wanted to make sure you, you know. Hey, guys, Bruce puts his capital where he put his morals. And I'm telling you that. This is a good guy supporting to make sure that the message gets out there, not only here on the Internet, not only on air, but on blogs and everywhere else. Thank you, brother, for all that you do to make things happen. James Wilkerson Mills, welcome aboard. AWB. Welcome aboard. I don't know who you are. I haven't met you yet. Uh, AWB 25th Amendment. James, you're right. James is coming in from Periscope. You know, Periscope is dead after, I think, some, a few. A f we only have a few more months of Periscope. Then it's like La Historia. No hay más Periscope. So we're going to have to try to uh, see if they're going to create a Twitter live or not. Because right now, Periscope and Twitter is pretty much the same thing. Now they're getting rid of Periscope proper, so we think they're going to probably give an interface for Twitter. We'll see. We'll let you know. Anyhow, folks, thank you so kindly for being here. I could not do this without you. One more time, I'm going to put the, uh, the link for our book as uh, it's worth it, How to Talk to Your Right Wing uh, Relatives, Friends, and Neighbors. I have the link up there. Uh, that is the, the Amazon link. However, if you want to get the middleman out of the way, you can go directly to our store at politicsunright.com slash store. Tank28, please don't burn my book. Get it, read it, 
and then we can converse about it. But you don't need to burn the book. Those are the olden witch days. We don't need to do that. Uh, Want to support the program? Become a either click join if you're on YouTube, or go ahead and click politicsdoneright.com/patreon. P-A-T-R-E-O-N. I put it on the screen. If you're in a podcast, it is politicsdoneright.com slash P-A-T-R-E-O-N, Patreon. Or, of course, you can always go to PayPal, which is politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Politicsdoneright.com slash PayPal. Guys, thank you so kindly for having been here with me. Uh, love you all. I couldn't do this without you. My name is Egberto Willis. This is Politics Done Right. And you know how I end this baby. I am what? Out! We spend a lot of time deconstructing the news, trying to, trying to parse it into a form that everybody can understand. We try to find those little nitpicks where uh, it goes, it flies above the fray, etc. If you really like these videos that we do, I want to ask a big favor. Please go ahead, number one, subscribe to our channel, and number two, please join if you can. Thank you so kindly for watching. Keep watching. Please remember to share. We must populate the entire internet with our progressive message, a message that we know is what most Americans say that they want. So help us please join.